Welcome back to The Golden Wong Show. I'm your host, Amy Kaur, EVP of Culture and Agent Development. The city of Chicago still has a lot of work to do to recover from the impact of COVID-19 and a summer of civil unrest. But if you know anything about app properties, you know we have a history of looking through the challenges we face and coming out even stronger. And 2020 is no exception. In this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by App Properties co-founders, Mike Golden and Thad Wong, and special guest, Rick Sobin, App Properties VP of Brokerage Services, to talk about what's happening in both the city and the suburbs, how agents can navigate challenges in both markets, and what's ahead. Welcome back, guys, and welcome, Rick. I'm so excited you're on with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Amy. Great to be back. As always, Amy, happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, last month, we announced App Properties is opening a new flagship office at 900 North Michigan along the Magnificent Mile. The announcement was significant, not only because we're taking over the space that was vacated by Compass, but also because of the timing. So I wanted to talk about that for a minute. So Mike, at a time when other brokerages and businesses are closing storefronts, particularly in downtown Chicago, why are we opening this new Gold Coast office? Well, there's a, there's a lot of reasons why. Um, first of all, we are extremely bullish over the long-term value and health of the city. Obviously, right now, we've seen some ups and downs, but we strongly believe that Chicago continues to be strong and will come out of this the other end. So investing in the city to us is a no-brainer. Um, and when we look at kind of where we want to be and the marketplaces that we play in, um, you know, the Gold Coast is a critical part of our company presence, particularly in the city. Um, The building, 900 North Michigan, is the best building in the city in what's considered the ultimate luxury neighborhood, especially for condominiums. Um, You know, we are the number one luxury broker in the region, and we're looking to to continue to expand our market share and continue to expand, particularly in the uh, luxury marketplace. So for us, you know, bricks and mortar presence is always essential. Our agents need a place to go to work and to be based from. Um, we got tons of feedback from people that they wanted to be in that neighborhood and in that area, and we couldn't imagine or have found a more perfect place for them. I'm actually excited to see it. I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but I heard that it is amazing. So exciting, exciting. So sad. Some may feel that the city's best days are behind it. You know, we've had a lot going on this year in 2020. You know, but you two are obviously, you and Mike are obviously not in this camp. You know, how optimistic are you about Chicago's future and what we're going to be seeing in the days ahead and why? First of all, I don't want to pretend that Chicago does not have challenges. The pension challenge, the tax issues, Chicago does face a number of challenges, but so do all of the best places that people want to live. So if you look at California, if you look at New York, we've all faced these types of challenges and come out ahead. I do think Chicago will prevail because of a number of things. One, we've got one of the most educated populations in the country. We've got incredibly affordable housing, the best public transportation infrastructure, two international airports. It's a great place for businesses to expand. And although people are getting used to working from home right now, we were not meant to work from home, and that is not going to be the future. People will come back to the offices and developing the culture, and there is a need to work collaboratively together and there's a desire to be in diverse urban markets. And if you're looking at the narrative of people moving so desperately from the city to the suburbs, it's just not the case when you look at the statistics. So I still feel the majority of the people are big believers in the city. And even with the majority of the resources closed or having limited availability right now, you're still seeing the majority of the city sticking around. 
you know, I moved to Chicago 23 years ago and I actually moved from California. And so many people would always say to me, like, why did you move from California to the Midwest and into Chicago? But I will tell you, it is one of the most amazing cities, having been on the West Coast my whole life. And even just talking to my brother in New York right now with some of their challenges, you know, I'm in agreement with you, Thad. I think in the long term, you know, we're working through our issues now, but we are just such an incredible city and, you know, affordability as in comparison to the coast is unbelievable. So, you know, I do think we have some work to do, but I really agree with you that I think at the end of the day, we're going to come out, you know, hopefully even stronger. So Rick, I wanted to get your take since, you know, you're managing a few of our city offices um, and you're going to be building and opening 900 North Michigan office with Grace Coggy. You know, what are you seeing in the city right now and what are your expectations for the rest of this year? Well, I think we're seeing a couple of trends right now. And the first one is we're definitely seeing a softening of the rental market. We had a couple of things happen at the same time that I don't think anyone was paying attention to. And that was the amount of college students that didn't come back to school this fall and that didn't rent an apartment. And also the millennials jumping into the first time home buying market and jumping out of renting definitely um, had a softening effect of the rental market. So we're seeing some long uh, rental times on one bedroom studios. So I think it's gonna take some time for that uh, inventory to get absorbed. And then we're definitely seeing the single family home market really be robust and in areas that people normally uh, weren't thinking of. A lot of activity in Bronzeville and Woodlawn. Uh, we're hearing um, neighborhoods like Dunning and Belmont Cragen where people really weren't talking about before. So we're really starting to fill in some of these uh, neighborhoods in Chicago that haven't really been as robust in the past. So, Rick, I wanted to kind of touch on that your first point in regards to rentals, because I actually we were talking earlier before we got on air here um, just about the idea of this being really an opportunity for our agents to take a look at clients that they might have that are currently renting in Chicago and recognizing the opportunity for home ownership. I know you just sent an email out to your office, in fact, on, on Friday to really make sure that agents are thinking about the opportunity for people they know to really get into home ownership with rates and just all that's happening right now. So can you kind of articulate what you're really expressing to your agents and how they can get in front of their clients to talk to them about this? Absolutely. I was talking with some of our other managers and I had mentioned, you know, just running the simple numbers. You know, if you take a typical two bedroom in Chicago, someone might be paying around $3,000 in rent and, and that can even be considered conservative. But then if you look at purchasing a typical $400,000 condo, by the time you look at your monthly payment, you're saving around $1,000 a month just by buying instead of renting. And then when you look at the actual principal that you're accumulating on top of that, it can be a savings of about $20,000 a year. So some buyers who are thinking, hey, maybe I should wait to buy and see what happens with prices. Well, if I'm saving $20,000 in a year, and I've even stayed there two years, I've saved $40,000. So the price of that condo would have to come down $40,000, but then the buyer is still breaking even. So the, um, the message of buying is very compelling right now, especially with the cost of, of a loan. 
I mean, it's so crazy. Rates are so low right now. And, you know, for agents, if you want to figure out how to, you know, articulate this to your sphere, you know, make sure you reach out to your proper rate loan officer. You know, they have all of these tools and they can break this information down for you. They can design a cool slick. But we also, you know, can send stuff using your e-campaign tool or you can send out a direct mail. I just think this is such a great message, you know, for our agents to be sharing with their sphere of influence right now. So, Rick, I also wanted to ask you, you know, what are you advising agents right now who are trying to guide their clients through sort of the challenges and uncertainty, you know, of this market and what we're facing in 2020? Well, one of the first things I start with is reminding agents that negative headlines, that they sell ad space. They're not really designed uh, so much to be truthful or tell a full picture of the market. So the first thing is to understand that words like everyone and nothing can be damaging and harmful. And when people use them without actually doing their homework, it, it's not, you know, you're not painting an accurate picture. So the first thing I tell my clients is when you hear something like everyone is moving to the suburbs, that would mean 3 million people are moving at the same exact time. I mean, it's just not possible. So do your homework and look at your actual numbers. So when someone says um, nothing is selling downtown, well, when you actually run the numbers and look at the number of closings, you will see that that's simply not true at all. So the first thing I tell my agents is you have to do your homework and you have to you know, be armed with statistics. So when you're talking to your clients, you, you know the real data and not just a negative ad. Yeah, I think it's so important because we as brokers really are the ones that have the actual information. There's a lot of crazy headlines out there, but I always say to our agents, it's our responsibility to make sure that we're really sharing what is actually happening in both the city and the suburban markets. And Mike and Thad, anything for you to add? I know that you've had, you know, a lot of interviews and a lot of um, conversations with agents. You know, what are you sharing as far as mindset in 2020? You know, I agree with Rick. I watched an agent's podcast or a video, uh, not with that, and just the language they were using and the fear that they were putting into the market was not inspiring whatsoever. And I would say that for the industry and also for Chicago, it wasn't language that we should be using and it wasn't the image that we should be establishing as brokers. Um, I think that you know, injecting fear and anxiety into a market, that's not our job as leaders, right? Our job as leaders is to communicate the realities, prepare for them, and arm our agents so they can use that information to build their business. So I would encourage everyone to refrain from, you know, uh, using words like everyone and always, and just the same way I'd refrain from learning about or reading the news through memes. So I want to talk about inventory. It continues to be a really hot topic. You know, people are seeking more space, especially as they experience shelter in place and they're taking a new look at kind of what their their home is offering them. You know, the supply of single family homes in the city, as Rick has alluded to earlier, is pretty tight right now. But we're starting to see that attached homes, uh, the inventory is on the rise. So, Rick, what's your advice for agents who are selling condos right now and are working with sellers who might be a little bit anxious about their home or their condo selling? Well, I would suggest two things. You know, the most important thing an agent can do in the beginning is to look at the actual market times and the month supply of inventory so they can, most importantly, manage the expectations of the seller. So we know what that market time is going to look like, and we're not thinking that this property might sell in the first week. And then secondly, the price has to also be part of the marketing plan. 
this can't be, uh, you know, depending on where, where, what those market times are and what the month supply of inventory is, it wouldn't be the time to push prices in some of those higher market time areas. So I agree with Rick. I just think it's important that we all remember we're in a dynamically changing market all the time. And the reality is you have to price your home according to where the market is at the time you're selling it. So you have to be keenly aware of what the comps are, what are the most recent sales that you would compete with because they are largely dictating what the market is today. And then you need to make sure you're pricing yourself accordingly and putting your best foot forward so that you can compare most favorably against any competition and get your home sold now. One good tactic also when you're meeting with sellers is that you can say, I've looked through our agent app or I've reverse prospected and I have about whatever you want to say, four, six, eight, ten agents that currently have buyers that are have the, your property exactly like yours on their safe search. Why don't you let me do a video walkthrough of your home, forward it to them. Number one, I can kill two birds with one stone. One, I can see if I can generate interest prior to going live on the market. And two, I can get feedback from agents that are representing buyers that are looking for the exact same type of property that you have to make sure that we are priced properly. It gets you in that position where you're already working for them and gets them only more aligned with you and emotionally committed to working with you as you're offering a solution that likely other agents aren't offering. It's great advice. You know, it's just getting out in front of the market and starting to come up with solutions. And, you know, that's what every seller, every client is looking for. Um, so I want to continue on with the suburbs because it's, you know, it's just been such an interesting five months for so many of these communities. I mean, you look at a place like Lake Forest, where for years, you know, it was really struggling in regards to, um, you know, getting homes under contract. And I think it was this July, they had over 144% increase in under contracts in comparison to the prior year. So many suburbs are grappling with record low inventory right now, and the competition is actually really fierce for buyers. So Mike, I wanted to ask you, what's your advice for agents who are dealing with buyers right now who are getting really frustrated because there isn't a lot of inventory out there and they might be losing out to other buyers in the market? It's really no different than the advice we've always given buyers and buyers agents when we were in more of a seller's market. I think that especially in the suburbs over the last few years, it's been much more of a buyer's market. So buyers have been able to be aggressive, make low offers and, and try to find those deals. Today, it's a different world. So if I'm working with a buyer out there, my job is to make sure that buyer is super prepared as they go out and do their search. That means before you put them in the car and take them out and look at places, you prepare them to help them understand what's going on in the market that they're looking in, where prices are at, what market time looks like, and have them prepared to be aggressive and ready to go as soon as they find the home that they love. That's great advice. So I wanted to ask actually all three of you, Rick, Thad, and Mike, you know, do you think the market is going to be strong through the end of the year? We know that we've got an election coming up, and I know that some sellers may be thinking that they should wait until spring to list at this point. But are they better off getting on the market this fall if they're ready to go? So, Rick, let's start with you. Looking at the amount of momentum we've had so far this year, I think it would be hard for that to stop all of a sudden. So I do think just out of sheer momentum, we'll have a, a decent rest of 2020. And I also think that no matter what the political climate is or no matter what uh, the climate of the virus is creating, that people want to move. They want to be in a place that they enjoy. They want to be in a place that they 
you know, are, are, are happy and, and feel secure. And so I do think that we're going to continue to still see movement this fall. Dad, I know that you've been, you know, watching everything pretty closely and, you know, with the election coming up. I mean, what are your thoughts? What are what are you thinking is going to happen? Well, anytime you're ever going to sell, you always would like it if there would be low inventory, right? And in a lot of categories of where there is available housing, it is incredibly low inventory. So that's why right now is a great time because you have less competition. Now, if you're a luxury high-rise owner in the Gold Coast or River North, you're going to see high inventory. You're not going to see many sales. And if you have the flexibility and optionality to hold on for a year or two, that might be in your best interest. But at the end of the day, sometimes you cannot time when you're going to sell a home. But if you can, I would say now for 80% of listings is a fantastic time because there are a lot of buyers that missed out. They really didn't understand the drive of the market over the last six months, and they are looking for something. So when properties come online now in low inventory areas, they're getting gobbled up at market prices. And I would just add in that um, if your house is not on the market, guess what you can't do? You can't sell it. So putting your home on the market gives you the opportunity to capture the buyers that are out there at that moment in time. So from our perspective, particularly with the market where it sits right now and just how many buyers there are looking, this is a great time. And I would not wait a day if I wanted to sell my house right now. Yep, I agree. I think that right now it's a great market, but just like anything, you know, you can't ask too much for your house, um, you know, so you've still got to be realistic. And I think that there's a really great opportunity. We might slow down a little bit uh, in November, but I still think we're going to see a pretty solid end to the year. So before we go, Mike, I just wanted to touch on proper rate. I know it's been two and a half months since the official launch. And from what I can see, it seems like it's been going extraordinarily well. And our agents are loving the support they're getting from these loan officers. Yes, we've been so fortunate to um, have such a great team who jumped on board early. And they have just been doing an off the charts job of supporting our agents, but particularly really supporting all of our agents' clients and helping them navigate through the process. Because it is crazy out there with the refinances going through the roof. Um, you know, you need to make sure you have a loan officer who's going to get your purchase done and done on time. And our group is 100% focused on our agents and their clients. So please make sure that your clients get pre-qualified with a proper rate loan officer. They will make sure that the process is seamless and then it gets closed on time and your client will have an incredibly awesome experience. I'll tell you, if I were an agent right now, I would be aligning myself with my proper rate broker and making sure that I'm out in front of any potential buyers in my sphere of influence, whether they're renting and maybe thinking about buying, whether they're homeowners right now, rates are at an all-time low and it's a great time to consider refinancing. They are a great resource and so many of my brokers have had awesome opportunities to re-engage with past clients using a proper rate intro. Well, Rick, we really appreciate you coming on today as our special guest. Mike and Thad, always appreciate you taking the time to talk. And everyone else out there, thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Amy. Great to talk to you again.